Good evening and welcome to episode 11 of the Spinner's Lit Pinball Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Klingen. Uh, not with us tonight is uh, our co-host and engineer, Seth Holder, who's uh, away on uh, enjoying time with the family. So we wish you well, Seth. Uh, I want to give a special thank you and shout out to Mark Scoff of Reno, Nevada. Mark wrote and composed uh, played the uh, Spinner's Lit Pinball Podcast main show theme, which you just heard for the first time. Mark is a, a, a good guy in Reno, good friend, good friend of the show, and a good pinhead. So thank you for that, Mark. And uh, now uh, we have a very special guest tonight who's a, a route operator in Northern California. So here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world fame, most unusual. With us tonight is Smooth Operator, Steve Burrell. Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on The Spinner is Lit. Yeah, it's good to have you on tonight. So I know you're a route operator and you uh, operate uh, pinball machines on location as well as other coin-op, uh, you know, video arcade games and other other things. Um, what, what, was, uh, what was the first game you owned? Uh, it was Roller Games. Back in 2010, that's what got it all started. I found it on Craigslist, and even back then, it was pinball was part become you know pretty popular and hard to get games even then on Craigslist. So I was quick to quick to get over there and pick it up, and that's kind of how it started. And it was kind of in sad shape. I mean, the play field was okay; it just was really dirty, and the GI didn't work, which is pretty typical on those games. But uh, with a little help from uh, Clay and this pinball ninja uh, uh, website and uh, his uh, the God, I can't remember the now that I have him on CDs, but back then he had him on his uh, pinball ninja site. Right, right. You know, reading all that stuff, and then I volunteered at the pinball museum as well. So between that game and volunteering there, and then buying games along the way, I I got pretty decent at uh, repairing them and you know, shopping them out. So that's kind of how it got started. Cool. Cool. So you, I'm going to assume you played pinball as a kid, like a lot of us or, you know, I was more of a video game kid, you know, back in the early eighties when, you know, I played Stargate and asteroids and defender. And so I played, I played here and there, but I just was never that good at it. It took a, it was more of a learning curve and, you know, quarters were valuable as a 10 year old kid. So, you know, you had $3 after you mow your aunt's lawn and, and I could play quite a bit. I could play for a while, you know, on video games. So, but I did play later when you know, when I went to college in Solano Community College in Cordelia. I played uh, Funhouse, and right next to it, they had a Street Fighter too. So, those got quite a bit of play for me. And so, because I don't Funhouse, I seemed to take to that, I, and I could I could play it decently even back then. So I didn't, you know, it wasn't just eating my money. Right, right. Yeah, as a kid, you always want to make your quarters last as long as possible, you know. So I, I played a lot of pinball as a kid because um, I, you know, I came up. It was still the EM days, and then uh, by the time I was about eleven, twelve, the, the you know the arcade games, the video games started really popping, and I, and I started playing those as well. But I would always, you know, drift back into pinball. Um, I remember some of the great early solid state games. Um, you know, ones I remember in particular, like Xenon. There was a, a local arcade, and uh, they had a Xenon, 
and then a future spa, like a Rolling Stone, all, all Bally games at the time. And uh, I would play the others once in a while too. Well, rarely Rolling Stone, but because um, like stuff like Pac-Man, I wasn't okay, or, or even you know Donkey Kong, I was okay at. But you know, you could win free games at pinball, so I, I would drift back to pinball because I knew I was good enough where I could probably win a couple of free games. But uh, so I kind of drifted back and forth. But you know, later on, I came back to mm-hmm. pinball full circle. So how did you get started routing games? So you got your first game and you're playing it and you're having fun with it. You didn't buy that specifically to route though, right? No, that game hasn't been routed. Um, I was in it a couple years. It's probably been about three years collecting, give or take. And uh, no, my initial attention, you know, was just to do so, have a different hobby. For years, I was into Buicks and Grand Nationals, and all my time and money you know, went to that. So I just got tired of that, and you know I wanted something that I could use a skill set I already had from work, you know electronics, you know mechanical skills, whatnot, and you know, and pinball. I thought, and it was cleaner, and they were, and they were something. You know, it just you weren't just pouring money into something; it was just kind of going away. You, you know, there was some value there, and and you could see it, and you know, and you could move on to something else. You could play it. There's just so many different aspects of pinball that are really cool and really fun, and and it doesn't seem like a waste. So. Yeah. No, no, that's no. I can definitely see it. So, uh, what was the first title you put on location? Well, that's easy. I bought a brand new Metallica machine. That was my first new inbox game, and I ended up buying two. I ended up buying a refinery machine, and that's the one I had at Pinagogo like what two years ago. And then the whole idea is, well, you know, I'll I always want to have like a small business of my own, and this would be you know a good way to start and. So I found my, uh, actually I emailed the guy. I saw a commercial for Buffalo Billiards on TV and it's like, oh, that's interesting. And I knew of the tie, the name, you know, around here, it's a pretty big name. And I heard of the owner. So I decided on a whim, I decided to email him and he emailed me back right away. It was interested. And I went and met with him. And a few minutes later he said, oh yeah, you, you know, you can bring in a game or two. So, so I thought that was easy. So that game was at that location for a year before it went to Fanny Ann's in Old Town. So, right, it stayed in a state of Fanny Ann's for what a couple of years. Yeah, it was there for a couple of years. So, yeah, I know a lot of people are probably disappointed of- when I moved that, but it just you can't keep buying new games, and you know that's my best location. So I wanted to be able to buy new games and bring them there. And at some point, you know, I had to, even though the game was still earning, I had I had to move it. And I found, and that game actually went back to Buffalo Bridge and is doing really well there now. So it kind of came full circle and went back to where it started. Cool. It's good to hear it's still earning well. So, has it paid for itself already? It's close. Okay, well, not already. What it's been on location? What four years almost? Four years. It's almost. It's about almost there, which is, you know, typical. You know, return on investment on pinball. That's not really. You know, that's not unusual. What's What's helpful with pinball is just that the games are so valuable, which kind of kind of hurts it and helps at the same time. You know, obviously, it's harder to go buy games cheaper and put them on route because there's just you know expensive and you buy something older you know it's it's not a lot of fun to spend you know a lot of money on something you have to spend 50 hours redoing you know depending on the title but you know sometimes it's depending on the location sometimes i'll buy a new game especially for games that are two hours away right right speaking of locations how do you how do you go about finding a good location well that's the trick it's really tough i thought it would be a lot easier when i started you know, California real estate being so expensive to convince somebody to, to move something or that doesn't already have games is, it's almost, I won't say it's impossible, but it's very difficult, you know, 
but you know you could just right. i mean there's a lot of ways i guess i mean you could i've talked to people that said well you could always check to see who's you know has pulled out a license a business license and see who's you know you know who, who's starting another business or you know get referrals i've had that happen once somebody referred me to a place that they knew the owner and that's how i got into wicked west yeah or you could you know like i said email i emailed a lot of places that doesn't you know it doesn't you know it doesn't always work but uh a lot of it's just you know asking 20 to 30 places and maybe you'll get one out of that it's just it's that tough but the problem is finding places that are even i think that are you know could actually be a good location so. Right, right. I imagine a lot of the more more traditional places like pizza places and stuff, they've they've probably had the same route operator for you know, a decade or more if they've been around a while. So it's 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 uh fighting for good locations, I would assume. It's tough too because there's it's not like well, it's hard to explain, but um you know people like you said they've been around for decades and they stick with the same people which is fine but uh I've, from what i'm seeing now is we're seeing more shared locations like my first location there's probably two or three operators in there and there's no contracts and that's fine but or i'm starting to see that a little bit more there's more especially with smaller operators they don't seem to mind that some of the bigger guys aren't going to like that right well but, uh, example do you do anything with like jukeboxes or anything not yet. I would. I'm not opposed to it, but I, I don't do that yet. It's just right. So if somebody wants to, like, and they're in a bar and they have somebody does jukeboxes, but they don't want to mess with pinballs, then they probably wouldn't be opposed to you coming in and putting in a pinball or two because they're not. They don't yeah, want to mess with it anyway. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense because I, mean, I know there's a lot of route operators out there that just you know they'll do uh, you know they'll do video games and they'll do pool tables and they'll do jukeboxes. And they'll do like the the you know novelty games like the you know the boxing uh, games and like that, but they just they don't want to mess with pinballs and they haven't in years. It's because it's the hardest thing to route. That's why it's it, right. it takes the most. It makes the I won't say the least, but it's 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 just the hard you know. And and if I do pretty much everything myself, my wife helps and I have friends that help me on occasion. But it's right, right. But it's 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 a, it takes it's a, there's a skill set there. And you need to have lots of parts, you know. And if you hire, if you're a big operator and you hire somebody at, you know, close to minimum wage or, you know, you're not going to get those skills with that, you know, with offering somebody that kind of money. It's just not likely to happen. Right, right. Well, you know, I I know we've talked in the past about it. And, uh, you know, like, um, you know, which was my next question is, is how often are you at each location? I know you got to go to them frequently because, you know, I've been to your two Sacramento area locations that you did have. Now you only have the one because Wicked West closed their doors. But your games are always in tip top shape. I mean, you go in and your games are always better than new. Even if it's an older game, all the lights are always working. All the features are always working. The flipper, you know, they're sharp, they're crisp. Your games play and look like they're supposed to. And thank you, because you know what? It's it's nothing's more frustrating, you know, for us old season pinheads, and even for, especially for somebody you know that's a casual player that doesn't play pinball a lot, but they're they're getting some food or they're at a bar or whatever. They're like, oh, cool, check it out, a kiss pinball machine, whatever. And they go up and they throw their 50 cents their buck in and nothing works. You know, the flipper doesn't work or, you know, the, the, well, that's know. been my experience before I was an operator. You know, when I first started collecting and, you know, you, 
that's the thing to do. You want to go find other games, see what's out there, see what I might want to buy, see what I, you know, since a lot of these games I didn't play, I played video games. I didn't you know, have that chance. So I've got into it late and, and that was always disappointing. You'd actually find something. It was dirty, weak flippers, features didn't work. I mean, and when I first decided to operate, I wanted it to be different. You know, I, I wanted to have games like I saw at people, friend's house, or if I go to a show, I wanted to have games that were like that to where, you know, they would play, play, they play well, be clean. You know, that was kind of my whole philosophy on, you know, having a game on location. And I wanted to have, you know, like you were going in your own personal man cave or game room. I wanted that game, you know, forever, you know, to be able to share with everybody else and have people have, have, people have a good experience with pinball. Cause right. I mean, most of the time, you know, you go to Reno years ago and it's just, I don't know how, I don't know how it is now, but years ago it was just, or wherever you went. I mean, it's more likely than not, you're going to find a game that was just in disrepair and operators just a, a lot of them don't care. And that's where I think I'm different. You know, I have kind of a, a way of doing it when I go on location to collect, I don't, I feel a responsibility, you know, okay, I need to, I need to at least wipe down everything. I can't necessarily play every game, but I try to pick a couple of pinballs, you know, one is a little dirtier than others. There's some ball tracking. I'll pick like two and then do a full cleaning on those, you know, and then check this, you know, make sure everything's tied underneath, you know, I usually put my hands all around the game, make sure there's no loose plastics, you know, and, you know, it, and just, you know, make sure the flippers are strong. I mean, just do yeah. just care. I mean, that's, you know, having, it's not just having skills, you know, on how to work on pinball, it's to having the mentality of caring, you know, and that's, you know, especially with the older, bigger operators from what I've seen, they just, that's just not there. They don't really care about it. It's a lot of time a game is there just to make the owner happy because they're making money on a jukebox or pool table or whatever. I mean, the pinball is not really there for, you know, it's just there to make somebody happy. And if you operate that way, you're not going to really care about that piece. And that's what's happened a lot over the years. Yeah, yeah, we've seen, we've all, you know, all of us who play pinball and go on location, we've seen it over the years. The one nice thing I think I, I've seen lately is, you know, we have two main locations. There's a lot of smaller locations in the Sacramento area, you know, where I live and where you operate some games out of, uh, that have one or two pinballs uh, or three pinballs. There's a lot of diners and bars and movie theaters and like that. Some are better than others. But the two main locations are yeah, the six. one you operate at is Fanny Ann's, where all the games you've got what six there right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, as I, I've spoken, you know, every single time I've ever gone in to play those games, they're always, you know, perfect. Everything's perfect. They're level. They're clean. Everything's working on them, and and they're a joy to play. You know, and and we're grateful that you do operate games and have those out there. Um, and the one other one I'll give a shout out to is uh, um, is in uh, all the games, uh, Joe Abate. Uh, yeah, that place is really nice. I was just there two weeks ago, and I was very impressed. the The games are in the back, all the pins. There's to see what thirteen pins in a row that are just you know all relevant, all good clean play and nice i mean i was really impressed they've really stepped it up and uh, that's a really good location it is it is in fact i was there today as a matter of fact um i joined uh, some of the local guys down there met up with them played for i uh, played for an hour and a half two hours and uh had a good time you know and um 
got some time on uh, I got some time on the new Lexi Lightspeed game, which uh, you know I'd played one or two games at Pinagogo when it was there a couple of years ago, and uh, but now they've got one on location there, and uh, you know we've got a few games on that, a few games on some of the other titles, um, and and it was yeah it was, it was good, and they and they keep everything real nice. They keep like you, they keep things up. So I'll give a shout out to them as well. But these are operators, you know, yourself and then and then Joe, um, who we know in the community are, are collectors. You mm-hmm. were people that really love pinball. And uh, you know, if you're making money, that's awesome. But you guys are doing it, you know, a lot less about making money. I mean, you don't want to lose money, obviously, but you're doing it just to keep pinball alive out on location and uh to keep it going and introduce new people to it. What well, also feeds the collector in us too. It kind of has a. It goes both ways. I mean, it's nice to be able to buy new games or buy games, and you know, I I, I don't have un you know unlimited space too. So it's nice to be able to buy stuff and not have to flip it or trade it. And once in a while, I have done that, but it's not really my primary focus is to flip games or you know and f- to trade you know unless it's you know I want I want a different game to put on route or a different game for home. In fact, the junkyard. Speaking of trading, the junkyard at CoinOp is that was my game. That was at Fanny Ann's that uh, Joe and I traded it. You know, at uh, Pinagogo. Yeah, you traded that for a fishtails, uh, didn't you? It was a, uh, no somebody else bought a fishtails. I'm not sure who. I got the Elvis. It's a game I always wanted. Okay. So and that was. Yeah, I just remember those fishtails there for a while. Okay, Elvis is a you know, good Steve Ritchie title. So, um, cool. So you have that at home. It's actually at my parents' house at the moment. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I played Junkyard today. I, I really like that game. I used to play it a lot when you had it at Fanny Ann's. Um, you know, and it's still it's still playing good. Played great today. Mm-hmm. Couldn't really hear it too well, only because it was really crowded in there. Like all the games were going, and uh, um, yeah, but it, it it played smooth. He, uh, um, you know, look it looked clean and good. All the lights seemed to be working. Everything. Was yeah, that game was so. really beat when I got it. <laughs> Oh, I, I, that was. I don't want to mention the operator because I still somewhat work with them, but it's just they they got their money's worth of full use out of that game, and it took me a while. It took me like I don't know two years to finish that game. I had to fight. I had to go to Australia to get parts. So just you know, wow. uh, what's that company? The Australia Spare Parts or Spare Parts Australia? It was just. It's a decent game. It's fun. You know, but yeah, it just wasn't well, play, you know, right in that play- spot in there. Yeah, your your place good. Well, I remember you had it at a quarter a quarter of play just before you took it out. So I put money into it. That's so nice you know. thanks. <laughs> Thank you for having it on location, man. I mean, how often do you see a junkyard on location? Yeah, that's true. These days, that game actually you know, not itself. not too often. Cool. No, that's good to hear. So you're not opposed to putting older games on? No, location. not at all. I'm I'm getting more I'm getting more uh, into that. It's something I definitely want to do more of. Um, and there is an opportunity locally here, maybe to do like a barcade theme. I'm talking to somebody now, so that may or may not happen. That it'd be nice to see uh, a place that had like maybe ten or ten plus pinball games at a location. So, but that's not in Sacramento. That's over here in Sonoma County. So, well, I'll keep you posted. <laughs> yeah, please let us know, man, because I'll definitely uh, talk about it on the show, and uh, you know, get it out on Facebook, get it out on all the social media. You know, because, uh, you know, people, uh, you know, I, when I introduce anybody new to pinball, um, one of my clients I introduced, I mean, I introduced him to it because they played him and his wife. They played a lot when they were younger and they're like, oh, you know, I just haven't played pinball in years. My wife loves to play pinball. And I, I brought them. They came to Pinagogo last year. And uh, 
you know, they had a blast. So it's like, and they're, they're from Napa and, uh, you know, like, wow, is there any place, you know, close by to play? I'm like, here, pinball map, you know, and, uh, point them in the direction of, of stuff nearby to go play. So, you know, the more, uh, the more locations, you know, we get it on there and get it out to the people and they know about it. And, uh, you know, they're going to go check it out. I mean, I don't get there often. Um, and it's been probably a year and a half since I've had time. I've driven by it a lot. Uh, stopped by the, uh, Scandia in Ronert Park. That's, I know, a lot of the, another yes, good is. location up in your neck. They of have the all woods. the latest games. It's, so it's a little noisy in there and, you know, there's kids running around, but, uh, he does have good titles there and he does turn the sound way up. So if you, you'd have to be pretty deaf not to hear the game <laughs> or you'll be deaf after you play the game. He's got them pretty loud there, but, uh. I appreciate the sound. I appreciate hearing the game. Yeah. I, last time I was in there, I stopped in there. It was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon on like a Wednesday. So there was no, you know, it was in the middle of school year. So there was, there was nobody in there, you know. So I could hear everything fine. I, I, I'm up there occasionally for work, but usually when I'm up there for work, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to get to the next client, next customer and get my work done. Um, so I got done early one day and I had time. I'm like, Oh cool. And I was right by there. I'm like, I'm going in and, and I've been wanting to get back there. Just no time. So, but, um, so what's, what's your best routing uh, pin story? We mean the game be more specific. What do you mean? The best, the best pin that does that makes money or. Oh, well, I, well, actually, that's my next question. Which title does best on route? Which titles? Uh, I don't know. Just like, you know, the best, the be, you know, like the best experience you've had or the worst, you know, like you had a game. Uh, I was talking uh, some time ago. This is a, kind of two or three years ago. Uh, I was talking with um, Blown Fuse, Steve Charlin, God rest his soul. And uh, he had a, I want to think, I want to say it was a no good gophers okay. that actually got shot in a bar. So it's one of those, you know, it, it could be a good story or bad story, but your, your most interesting, you know, experience of routing a game. I've story. been fairly lucky in terms of damage or anything of that nature. But uh, when I first uh, got Fanny Ann's from the previous operator, I, I noticed the lockdown bar had a nice uh, obscenity written on it, like just carved into it. I don't know if you remember that game there. It was at the by the stairs. So that was pretty interesting. You know, the stuff wow. people carve into games, and it's like, oh, great, what I get myself into. But so far, people have uh, respected the the games there for whatever reason. And, you know, they, they write stuff on some of the paneling there, and but they haven't written anything on games, thank God. Good, good. So, so, so far, no real, real horror stories. That's good. That's actually real nice. Yeah, and with Fanny Ann's, too, because, I mean, that was what I was going to ask you about. I think I might have talked to you about that before. That's f- three flights of stairs up, and there's no elevator no, in there, is no, there? I, originally, I just used the appliance dolly. Now I have an Escalera, but when I first started, I didn't have anything like that. And, man, I remember the first time I brought games up there, and it was just – I felt like I ran a marathon after I got to that third flight of stairs, just pouring down sweat, and it's just – yeah, that was a workout. Uh, but yeah, I just I try to make things easier. So, and I like the Escalera. In fact, when I delivered Ghostbusters there and I replaced I think that was Metallica, I think. I'm not sure. I think that's what I replaced uh Metallica with. I remember I did that all by myself that day. Wow. Usually I have somebody with me. I don't really like it's one thing to go collect by yourself, but I don't really like moving games, especially when there's stairs involved. But that was just a situation where I'd already used the Escalera quite a few times and felt confident about it. And I, I wanted to get that game there as soon as possible. So. 
Yeah, definitely. Wow, that's yeah. Thank God you got the escalator. I can't even imagine trying to to hog a game up or down those th- three flights of stairs. In fact, going down the stairs, I feel is, is scarier. Actually, that's been right. my experience. It just you know, you think it would be going up, but it's just the opposite. Going down the stairs, I think it's just more sketchy, and just, especially when they're worn stairs like they are there, you just got to be really careful. And you know, so. yeah, exactly. It's like they should put the bars up on the third floor and put the games on the first, but eh, it's already built. What are you going to do? Right. That's how they designed everything. And it's, you know, pe- people know it's there that has, you know, reputation in which, you know, that's kind of what I bought into there that people were used to pinball there and they wanted more pinball and, you know, and they, and their permit is good for 10 games. I think we're at nine now with the foosball is theirs. So it's, it seems to work. So I'm happy well, with the place. Yeah, it's a good location. So I always enjoy going I wish there. Parking, so, you know, I wish parking was a little better, but I can't really do anything about that. So. That's the only real complaint I ever hear out of anybody to get to Fanny Ann's is parking. People, you know, like the ambience. They like the food, you know, the drinks. And then the games are just, you know, kept perfect. So um, that's a definite. And when I tell people out and they go there and go, man, you weren't kidding. The games are perfect there. So. Um, are those, you know, there's only two places I ever really recommend in Sacramento, and that's and that's Fanny Ann's with your games, and then uh, Coin Off with Joe. Well, the thing about your place too is Fanny Ann's or your location is, you know, you can take kids, you know, and I got little kids. That's the only downside with uh, Coin Off. Yeah. With Coin Off, it's nice because you know, just for the adults can go. My oldest son's 23; he goes with me or my wife occasionally. But uh, yeah, you can't. I can't take the little ones. So. So uh, we, we kind of touched on it a minute ago. What, what are some of the best titles currently to route? I mean, some of your best earners. Definitely Adam's Family, which is it's doing really well now in Santa Rosa. It shuffles on 4th Street, and that's uh, Railroad Square in Santa Rosa. It didn't do very well in Sacramento, which I was kind of surprised. When I had it at Wicked West, it was pretty much ignored. I'm not sure why, but it just dominates now. It's It sits right next to a funhouse, and it's just... I think it's right now Funhouse, Revenge from Mars, Taxi, and I think Roller Coaster Tycoon. It just it just doubles what everything else around it does. That's a really solid lineup too. I mean, they're all just really fun games. So um, all ones I enjoy. So cool. Yeah, you know the short time uh, that you had it at uh, Wicked West, I got down. Well, I got down like two, three times and put some money into it. Um, you had a stellar lineup there though. When the Adams was still there, you had what Adams, Spider Man. Jurassic Park. And he had, uh, he had Iron Man. Iron Man, Star Trek, Stern Star Trek, which yeah, I Star Trek, so. Yeah. And that's at Fanny Ann's now. That's that replaced uh, I had South Park on the bottom of the stairs at Fanny Ann's and now that Star Trek Pro that came from Wicked West when they closed down and I, I moved it over to there. Oh good. I haven't been in a while, so I'm gonna get over there and play it real soon. Because I love that game and uh um you know, I try to put as much away. There's a couple other places that have it on location, but they don't take care of their games. One's a movie theater. I've never actually been in there to play it. I just know they have it because way back in the day, they had a Metallica and a Transformers and uh, they put the Transformers in brand new out of the box. I went in there a lot and played it. And then uh, the last time I was in that theater, it's been oh, probably two years ago. And that poor Transformers on its last leg, man, nothing worked. I mean, nothing. The flippers are about the only things on the well, game a lot of that actually worked. A lot of operators, the only thing they really care about is does it coin up, does it flip, and does it does the display work? And everything else in the middle of that, it, that, doesn't, that doesn't concern them. I mean, I've seen, I've bought games from operators that pulled off route. And I mean, you know, 
half the insert lighting is done. There's no GI lighting still works. And, you know, and literally, oh, it's fresh off route or, you know, I hadn't been on off route for that long. And it's like, I'm thinking to myself, God, how, well, obviously that's why it's not making money anymore. I can't tell them that, but it's pretty obviously obvious why it wasn't doing well anymore. I mean, if, <laughs> most of the lighting is gone and it's just, just simple stuff. Right, right. right. And, but, that, but that's just it. Like when I put a game on location, I'm trying to, I try to replicate that experience as much as, as much as I can with the game. If I bring a game, I try to, you know, I want that experience. Like when back in the day you have a new game come in, well, I want to play as close to that and look as close to that as possible, or I just won't put it on location. It just doesn't, you know, what's the point? Right. That's how I kind of want to build my reputation. and, And this is how I operate. You know, I could spend a lot less time and go do something else, but if, you know, if I'm going to, spend the time you know rehabbing a game and spend all the time and finding a game and putting it out there i you know i want it to be nice plus i'm a player and and a collector but i'm a player first and you know i want it to play nice and usually i'll get to play the game after i'm done at home for quite a while to you know has two functions i get to play it you know it's kind of a reward for all that time spent and then you know if any problems arise i want it to uh, to come up when i'm playing it and find any issues beforehand because of having to make service calls just kills you it kills it you <laughs> It just, you know, it becomes very costly. I mean, if I have a service call at in Sacramento, that's that's five hours. That costs me five hours in time, and that's assuming I can get everything handled in an hour. So it's it's better for me as a you know business person to make sure I'm doing all the maintenance and checking. And I mean, stuff's going to happen. I mean, pinballs being as pinballs, pinballs mechanical, it's going to break. But I try to do all this, you know, the basics, make sure everything's tight, make sure the sling rubbers are getting ready to break, replace them before that happens, you know, change the pinballs. I mean, just do basic stuff. Yeah. No. And, and, and I've been shows. lucky lately. It really I've been lucky lately over there with uh, service calls, but I shouldn't say that because now everything will break. There you go. <clears throat> so what, what are some, okay. So Adam's family is probably your best earner still. And that's what a 20 year old game at least. It's not the best earner really. I mean, at that location it is. I mean, obviously if you have a game that's a dollar, it takes half the plays to get to the same point. But I've never really, you know, other than the fact that it was routed against Iron Man and Star Trek Pro there, it didn't do well. But it just, I think it really depends on the location, who you're, who are your players, young, old pinball players from the past that, you know, I think it depends. I mean, I've noticed that T2 does good, you know, everywhere I put it. I mean, it doesn't seem to matter. It does, you know, it does close. It won't do as much money as the newer games, but. It, it gets close. I mean, it does. It's very competitive, especially it'll have to be played twice as much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a, a few games out there like that, that, you know, just from talking to you and other operators, like Adam's family does well, almost anywhere. Terminator two, uh, South, South park. If people tell me that South park does amazingly well, still on. Location. Yeah. That team did really well at Fanny Ann's. It hasn't done as well at other locations, but it's always, it's never been a dog or anything like that. It's always done pretty, pretty good. And it's fairly reliable game too, for the most part, it, it, it holds up pretty good. In fact, the one I have now is at a, a laundromat in Sacramento. They requested it. <laughs> so I said, they requested oh, that, that game in particular, just a game. Oh, no, yeah. good. That that's the game they wanted. I had a Dracula there, the a Bram Stoker's Dra- Dracula, and that game was surprisingly hard to route. And I was that one kind of bit me a little bit. I was surprised that, and this is a game I spent a lot of time on, and it, it was it's not a low mileage pin or anything like that, but it's 
it got played a lot there. I mean, you know, have you one game and people are waiting around. I mean, I set that game up. I had people waiting to play it before I even was done setting it up, and I was kind of surprised by that. And it got played a lot, and reliability was it was definitely tough to keep that thing going and having everything work. And you know, I was surprised by that there. Wow, wow! How'd the uh, uh, the miss multi ball do for you on location? Did you? It broke a lot, or <laughs> yeah, it broke. The gates broke. Uh, I had a home pin board in there, and it malfunctioned for the long opto boards, and it just it was tough. It's at home now, and it's I still need to work on it. I had one of the pop uppers is you know one of the rings is busted, and so it's that game has been if you want to uh, not not, not necessarily a horror story but like with the other question you answered me that one that probably would fall into that category that one was tough uh south park is not really making more money than that game which kind of surprised me but it's been more reliable it's had a few issues but just typical pinball issues i think it had a broken coil wire and i can't and one plastic broke and got stuck in the trough or something the one the plastics by the canny toy but yeah. other than that, it's been, you know, that game is pretty solid. I know most players don't, you know, hardcore people like us don't really like the game, but it's just a, it's just not a very good home game. It gets repetitive and old and annoying, but uh, it is a location for just casual players, and, you know, they seem to really like it. And I like the theme myself, but I remember this. Uh, yeah, I love the theme. The, this particular game I bought from a friend years ago, and I, I remember when he got it, I wanted to buy it. He's like, well, I don't really want to sell it, but I'll let you borrow it. And, oh, cool, I'll do a little work to it. I'll borrow it for a while. And I didn't have it there a couple of days. I just like, oh, man, I can't get, this game's got to go. I can't stand this game anymore. It just has no legs at home, but on location, it's great. It's just not a game you want yeah, at home. I, there, there's literally one around the corner from my house at a pizza place. As far as I know, still there. I haven't been in the pizza place lately, but uh, um, actually, Seth and I, uh, me, Seth, and uh, uh, Eric uh, Cheddar, uh, went and played it a while back, and because uh, we went and had lunch there. So, yeah, you know, if there's one on location, I mean, I'll, I'll put a couple bucks into it. But yeah, I mean, other than that, it's not one of my favorites. But you know, it's still pinball. So, um, so we were talking earlier. I mean, off off not recording you know, a few weeks ago. We we're talking about uh, actually when we last our last pinball get together, we were talking about barn finds. And uh, you have uh, I'm what's, what's your best barn find? I kind of know the answer to this one, but uh, tell our listeners about your great barn find. Well, about a year ago or so, I uh, on a whim I called up an operator that I had got a number for. I, I, I saw their number on a game a, a game that was in disrepair, and you know I, I got the number and I just sat on it for a year and I finally called him and he said you know he, he said he had like a demo man there and I'm like you know for like $150 I'm like okay and that's pinball right and he said yes and he said it's at his like warehouse okay so we set up a time to go check it out and and I remember you know opened the door and it was just like I mean the roof's falling down all the insulation and sheetrock and, and I can't even see this so-called demo man in the back I mean I think I can see a corner of it it kind of looked like you know and then I I see an Adams family, just the top of it in the back. And I see a fishtails that's buried kind of where I'm at. And then I looked off to the left. I see uh, a medieval madness with the head up and on the legs on. And, you know, and this is a building that's been hit by a car. It had like water to, you know, you tell it had water inside. It was just, the place was a mess. And I, I wasn't able to get the, the demolition man that day, but I was able to get the medieval madness. And, and I asked the guy, you know, he, I said, well, how much for that game? I, I think I can get that game out. I mean, keep in mind, there's like metal beams on the floor. 
I mean, there's just crap. There's stuff everywhere. It was, you know, I, I put a picture on Pinside, but you can't really tell, you know, how bad the conditions were inside this, you know, cinder block building. And uh, the guy tell, you know, I asked him, well, how much is it? And he says $150. I'm thinking to myself, this guy's going to be messing with me. And so I can't get my money out fast enough. So I, I paid him and he's like, and he's like, well, what are you giving me money for? You haven't got it out yet. And so oh, I'll get this game out. And he had a, the escort style dolly there and we were able to move a, you know, some stuff out of the way and get it out. But uh, that was just crazy. I couldn't, that was one of those things. It's just, <laughs> it was weird. I ended up buying all the other pins in there. We went later with some friends and I hooked up two of my friends. So they got some games too. And then, so, but the games were a mess. In fact, the Adams family that was on pin side on our NorCal thread is that's the game that was in the back. So if you look at those pictures from Shovelhead, that's the game I'm, th- I'm referring to. So it was, you know, that one had cabinet damage that he was able to fix. And so, I mean, it was, we were, I remember when we were pulling that game out, I mean, we were really afraid of the game, just like the whole corner breaking off or the leg ripping out the insert, the, you know, the whole corner was really weak, but for the kind of money, I mean, talk about no look pricing. <laughs> it was like, you know, it was, it was crazy. And the play field on that medieval is really nice. The The head was pretty bad. I don't know, you said you saw the pictures on pin side. It's, you know, I was able to, I pretty much, I didn't restore it. Yeah. I mean, I repaired it. I mean, to where it's stable and it looks decent. I mean, if I wanted to spend more time and money, I could have, you know, used more Bondo and more time getting everything all, you know, everything perfect and flat and then spending money to re-decal it. But the art on the sides and the back were still pretty good. So I figured, well, why waste all this art, sanding all this down and just bondoing it and just spending a lot of time? You know, I, th- I think it looks presentable the way it is, you know. So I just, I resprayed the front ridges and the top and then, you know, clamped and glued and clamped the all where that was delaminating. And then use filler on the leading, you know, edges and taped it off and sprayed it. And I think it came out decent. Yeah, you know what? It plays, so what the heck, right? I mean, you got a medieval madness for, you know, really dirt cheap. So I hear the phone ringing. Okay, it stopped. <laughs> okay, but, uh, that's all right. Getting back to what I was saying. In fact, the fishtails that we got out of there has been routed. It was That's definitely a high mileage game. We spent a lot of time getting it going, but the play field's decent on that one. And on the medieval madness, which is interesting on that one, he says it was like, it was like pulled from route from like 1999. It was really strange, I guess, because I know when I rebuilt it, it had a few optos and a few switches not working. In fact, the opto for the the moat kick out that to the left orbit, I know that opto wasn't working. So I don't know if that's he he didn't say anything about that. It just had a broken back glass, and that's kind of why he said he pulled it off location, which I thought was kind of strange. It's like that's not a hard fix. I don't know. And even he was saying when I bought it, oh, that's a really good game. And I'm thinking, well, why didn't you fix it and put put it back on location? Which I'm kind of glad he didn't because I can only imagine how bad it would be if he had. Right. So he just throws it in a a rotting, falling apart building where it's getting rained on. So, you know, chickens or pigeons are roosting. That's always my favorite. It's weird. I remember when I first went there, there's a, it's shared with a, a tenant and the tenant saw me walking, looking for the owner and actually stopped me and say, Hey, what's going on? So I'm waiting for this guy. You know, he's got some games to sell. And he kind of just looks at me like, Oh, Oh, those games in back. Oh dude. He's like, Oh, those are, Oh, those are junk, man. They're, they're all damaged. They're no good. They're bad. I'm like, well, you know, I could always use the parts and then, you know, it turned out to be good, but I'm glad people, (laughs) I'm surprised those games are still in there. 
you know obviously those people that were renting that place out had common access to this area and a lot of their stuff was stacked over everything construction stuff and it was just obviously they didn't see the value you know where that stuff had been long gone yeah yeah no that is that's a lucky stroke actually that they just didn't see the value in it and didn't care anything about it you know thank well, god those just, pinball people in fact I, I from that same operator i missed a, a fun house and a star wars by like two weeks Oh, so, wow. In fact, he gave me, I mean, the next time I went there to get more games, he actually handed me a, a Funhouse, a back glass, a translate. And, oh, here you go. You can use the glass on your medieval. And I'm like, oh, cool. And I'm thinking, why didn't he do that? But he didn't want to bother, I guess. And uh, and he and I asked him, well, what happened to the Funhouse? Oh, I gave it to a neighbor or something. It was bad. It was no good. And, 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 and oh, that in the Star Wars, I'm like, well, where are they now? And it's like, well, last time I saw him, they were in his front yard. He was going to junk them. I'm like, oh, whatever. You hear stuff like they go, oh, cringe! Please don't tell me this stuff. So I'm, I, I'm assuming it got parted out. I try to follow up and ask them, but there was, there was, you know, it's gone. I try to get it, but it's, I don't yeah. know what and happened. And you got a but, good haul out of it, so you know. Yeah, I saved the games that were there, and that's what I was happy yeah, no about. Yeah, and they're all still working now, so that's cool. Yeah, everything's been, you know, been is in process of being built or finished, or I think the demo man is still in process. But everything was saved and not parted out, or so. Right on. Right on. So, you got any tips for uh, anybody wanting to route games? That's tough. Um, Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I I hate to every time I I read I'd read threads on Pinside about all the pitfalls and basically every it always came up you know don't do it I just don't want to have that same attitude to people but if if you buy games and you're able to fix the game all by yourself, no matter what it is, and you you're really good at soldering and you know how to do board work and you know, and you have some head for business at least some you know sense or have some business experience, and then maybe and you have a vehicle to transport stuff and and you don't want to have a life, yeah, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you have a forty hour week job like I do on top of doing this, you know it's you know you're going to work weekends and it's you're going to have to be really passionate about it, you know. But I would. You need some experience first. I wouldn't just run out and do this, but I'm, we're, we're starting to see that more and more that, you know, you go on Pinside, you read threads about, you know, collectors that have term, turned part-time operators. And, you know, it seems to go good, good, good for many people. I mean, there's many people in the Bay Area that do that. That isn't their full-time gig, myself included. So if, you know, if you got skills or, you know, people that have skills and it, you're not, you're not going to get rich on it, you know, and you want to, you know, it's something you want to try, but it's 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 difficult. It's different than collecting or having a game at home. It's if your game at home breaks, so what? You know, I'll fix it when I get to it. But if you have to have commitment to that location, that's who you're 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 working. You know, you know, you're part of that business. And if your game goes down, I mean, that's going to affect that business. And if you don't have a lot of spare parts, or you know, it's you got to be able to fix that game or have another game that you can go replace it with. And you know, that's happened to me a few times to where, you know, I just, I can't fix this game. And then I, I take it home and I fix it in five minutes. And that's another thing about routing stuff that nobody really talks about. Fixing a game under pressure on a location is much harder than a fixing a game at home. So because there's no pressure at home, you know, but when it's on location, it's, you know, you have to either come in at odd times when they're closed or you don't have that uh, have that option a lot of times when i do a service call i don't have a i don't have that option i have to come at late hours and you know hopefully it's not too busy you know and they and they don't 
most especially a good location a crappy one probably won't care as much but a good location that's earning they're going to expect that game up and running so i mean people have to realize that that it's you know to these businesses it's not just for fun for them this is you know this is you know part of their business and their game has to work and it's not always an easy thing right to deal with yeah no exactly so but you know what man we really appreciate you know guys like you that are still out doing it you know so thank you you know, because otherwise there'd be no pinball on location or very, very. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of good operators on there, uh, operators out there. And I'd just like to mention a few. There's TJ, yeah. you know, that, that does a really good job, Joe, like we've mentioned before. And there's so many in the barrier. I don't know them personally, but there's quite a few in the San Jose area. I um, mean, you know, so there's, there's quite a few good ones out there now that, you know, I mean, when I first got into this in 2010, I don't, it just, you know, I mean, it, it, that's the change I've seen. You know, I know those people probably existed, you know, uh, before I got into it, but and did this. But that was more what you heard. Now we're starting to see all these good locations in what in Concord. Now you're seeing a lot of locations, you know, and sometimes there are business owners that are, you know, using their back room, whatever, to put games because they're into it or, you know, they've added to their business, which I think is great. Yeah. No, it is great. I know uh, there's another uh, uh, pin cider out of, uh, uh, I want to say Vacaville. Lauren, I believe, is Ralph. Yeah, that's I, I work with him. Yeah, He's a separate business, but yeah, I've, I, when, you know, we have issues. We'll help each other. And in fact, that's who got the demo, man. Oh, cool. Good, good. Yeah, he does really, he really cares about his games. Uh, he does an excellent job. His location in Davis is... Uh, the pizza place. God, I can't remember the name of it now. Oh, uh, Woodstocks. That's it. That's an awesome place that's been there a long time. And so he has a really good location there. And I think he has a place in Sacramento as well. I think it's Dad's. I think that's his look. Was it Dad's? I think that's his location too. Is, is Dad's his too? Okay. I think so. Yeah. I think that's his as well. Yeah, I haven't been in there in a long time either. So I've been meaning to get back there. It used to be back in the day, they used to route. Uh, they always had either two or three EM games, and now they're uh, running more modern stuff. I think, in fact, I think he had a taxi in there for a while. I think the EM stuff was the owners, and then when Lauren started operating there, I think he brought you know, he'll he'll operate older stuff. He has System Eleven stuff, and I have a, I yeah. have a few System Eleven games out there. I, in fact, I don't mind routing those because those turn out to be really reliable. I was really impressed with those games, especially how considering how old they are now from the eighties. And it's just, those things are the workhorses of pinball, man. Like, uh, games like taxi, pinbot, whirlwind, um, I have taxi know. and, and uh, whirlwind out there. So, yeah, you just, I mean, if you, once you get them up and running, man, they'll just go forever, you know, with basic maintenance. So I was talking to, to Mario. I don't, I can't, I don't remember his last, I think he used to be at a Hollister. I think he moved to Tennessee now and he, op- he operated over there at Hollister for years. And he had a, he operated a brand new back in the day, uh, Elvira and the, party monsters and he said he hadn't i don't think he had touched it up until a couple years when he sold it i mean just done basic maintenance it just was that much of a workhorse all the electronics everything was just untouched you know he said he had never shopped i mean just replaced stuff as he went it just went for decades and i was just i was that's that's really amazing those games would go that long right right no that's a testament to uh to the manufacturers you know i mean they had a good system and it worked well that's all the questions i really had but we have uh we have our top 10 for the night which is uh top 10 games uh that you like to see on route or on location and uh so you want to go ahead and start with uh 
from 10 down well, to my, 6? Uh, number 10 is Roller Games. Because I love the 80s theme, and it's a Steve Ritchie game. It's great flow, shots, and sound. And it's, it's a game you... I don't think I've ever seen one on location. Hopefully mine will find its way on location eventually. But uh, obviously people aren't really crazy about that theme, but I think it's a catchy catchy theme, and it's a, it's a tough game. It's fun, and it's not easy. And I, I like t- games that kind of beat you up and are very challenging. So that's my number 10. I don't know how you feel about that one. I've owned it. So is uh, our co-host slash engineer, Seth. Um, good game. Uh, I actually have seen one on route and played one on route some years ago at a laundromat in Paradise, California, which is just uh, uh, northeast uh, of Chico. So I actually have seen one on location before. But no, you don't see them on location a lot. Good good choice. So uh, what's your number nine? Number nine is Pinbot. It's a game I don't have or I've never owned yet. And I just, I think the museum has one. At least they did in their lineup a while ago. I just don't, it's not a game I've seen in the Bay Area, Bay Area over by me in Sonoma County or in Sacramento. There may be one out there. I haven't seen it, but it's just, I think that's a really good uh, iconic uh, pinball game. I love the original theme. Great choice. I've owned one as well in the past. Uh, I have a couple of friends that still own them, but no, you never see those on location anymore. That's a shame. Yeah, it's just. In fact, there's a commercial. I forget what. <laughs> I think it's for. Uh, I don't know. It's arthritis or some product. I was just seeing it. Was it yesterday? They've been playing it a lot. I don't know. If it's Enbrel or something like that. And there's a really nice restored uh, uh, Pinbot that's pretty prominently featured in the commercial. Not just background, but. You know, you get to see the bottom of the play field and the side, and it's pretty obviously what game it is, and it's really nice. So that's cool that we're seeing pinball in kind of a mainstream format. <laughs> Even though it's for arthritis medication. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> yeah, me too. That's awesome. All right, so what's your number eight? Uh, number eight is Sea Witch. Oh, good choice. In fact, mine, I might eventually put that out there. If I if I get this deal that's, you know, if I can get this multi-game deal going here in the uh, Sonoma County. I'll definitely try to get that in there. It's a game that's really fast. I mean, the art is really cool, and the, the 70s uh, toy sounds do it for me. I mean, that's what all my toys sounded like when I was a kid. You know, every... I have two friends that own that game, and that's a phenomenal game, and I know more people. That, I, just, I know so many people that would kill to have that game. So, yeah, it'll do very well on route. And then uh, number seven is Doctor Who. It's same same thing. You just don't see that. And I mean, I like, I like that show. I mean, I I started getting into the show a couple years ago. I think TJ invited me to a Doctor Who like season opener or something. I've pretty much liked it ever since I went to that. You know, a few years ago with the the new the the Doctor we have now, the one that's leaving. So I started watching it with him. Yeah, my wife my wife actually turned me on to it because she's a huge fan of the show, and I like the game too. In fact, I have a, a, a fellow collector here. In Sacramento or the house. I almost got one, but I couldn't quite come to terms on the price. I got close, but that's when, you know, the the pinball price is just, you know, pretty. It gets to the point on some games, it just does, like I mentioned earlier, it just, you know, if you're going to spend 3,000 plus for a game, I got to spend, you know, 50 hours on, and then I got to spend, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars on parts. And then it's, you know, I, I want the, you know, I just, it just doesn't make sense to me most time. I mean, if the game's finished and I got to pay a going price, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, that somebody put the time and the game is done to a, you know, a, a, a level that's worthy of a going price. That's how I look at it. Then I would pay that price. But I mean, you know, people want $2,500 or, you know, for unshopped and, you know, barely working, you know, 
doesn't really work for me. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So, and then uh, your number six. Uh, Creatures from the Black Lagoon. Cool. It's a game that uh, it was at Fanny Ann's when I when I first got there, and it was barely working. And people still complain when I took it out. Wow. I mean, and people. Oh, I used to go there and play it for lunch. It's beat to hell. And everybody used to tell me how beat up it was. It's like, well, that's why I pulled it out of there. <laughs> and my plan was to get it rebuilt and and brought back, but it just. I got most of the parts for it now, but I just haven't had time to put it all back together. I tore half of it apart, bought, bought all the parts, and redid all the ramps and everything. And I just haven't had a chance to to finish it. So that one's been what three years in the works. So eventually, that one will get finished and find its way on location again. But there's just so much on that game. It's it's probably there's probably too much on that game, but it just I love the theme. I love the the hologram. Everybody yeah. loves that theme, and it's it's one of those games that you know, and you don't see it on route often enough. But it's a game if it's playing well, man. People will put money into it. Yeah, because just the new stuff just doesn't. You just don't get that many features. You don't get you know, you just don't get that now with a newer game. Well, some games you get close, but it's just, and that's kind of why you don't see it now because the collectors have all snatched them up for any operators that still have them. You know, because operators, you know, with a game like that, there's so much to maintain, and you know. And now they're worth some yeah. money. So, uh, yeah, exactly. So number four is a T two, and and that's okay. a game I remember playing when it was brand new. I played it at the Scandia in Roner Park back in the day, and that's always been a good location. In fact, when I played it then, they had a whole back wall full of games, and those games, from what I remember, they had like a firepower. But I can't remember too many others other than that one because I just wasn't I wasn't really a pinhead back then. But I just remember their stuff being really nice and. I would have played more of them, but even T2, it, it would just beat me up. It would just, just, it would just take my money. But I remember playing it brand new, which is, which is cool. Um, I mean, I like, I like memories like that of playing something brand new, or you know, or something when it came out original, you know, originally. So, yeah, and that game, and that game holds up. It's fun, you know. It's there's not a lot, you know, a lot, not a lot to break. The, the skull sometimes has issues with that drop target. I've had a failure there, but that's an easy fix and. Yeah, a buddy of mine owns. Just, well, I have a couple of friends that own that game, and one of my buddies had trouble with his, um, and I fixed it for him. It was a couple of years ago. He's like, "Yeah, I don't know. The balls just keep going, and they're not doing anything." I'm like, "All right, let me take a look at it." It was a loose wire off the lug, you know, and uh, and uh, on the coil, and just resoldered it. Boom! It was up and running in five minutes. So. Yeah, it's amazing how b- bad operators did on soldering. I don't know if you. I'm sure you've bought many games. It's like. What were they using for a soldering iron, or were they cleaning the tip, or were they using crappy solder, or they just don't understand how you got to get it hot enough to flow into the lug? And I was always amazed to see all the poor repairs, or when you buy a game, you know. Oh uh, yeah. And then uh, number three is the Adams Family. So, and that was fun. I got to finish that game. I got to play it at home for quite a while, and it's a lot of fun. We'll see. Yeah, I, I've got that on my list and Terminator 2 as well. So, And uh, number two is Funhouse. And I have mine at uh, Santa Rosa. So mine is, it's been routed for years. It's about ready to get pulled and get like a, a quick shop. So it's been going for, God, I had that early on too. Probably, it's been on location for at least three years, but I probably shopped it wow. five years ago. That, you know that one isn't on my list, and it should have been because I love that game. And you just you hardly ever get to you know the only time I really ever get to see or play that game 
anymore is uh, it shows, you know. Um, I do have a, a friend, a local collector that has one, but he's loaned it out to another friend that's in Southern California right now. Just got a new reproduction playfield put into it too. So yeah, it's supposed to be getting that back soon. So I haven't played it in a little too long. And what's interesting on my funhouse, I actually played this game God, when I was probably a teenager at the Scandia and uh, Cordelia. So I actually got to buy a game I played as a, a teenager. Of course, years later, I bought it. And of course, only half of it was working. Yeah, but that's but awesome. I was just, See. But to actually get that game, I was I got really lucky. A friend of mine knew the people that owned it before. Golfland owns it now. And, you know, this is before the big pinball craze. Yeah, and I was able to get it for a reasonable price, not like my not like the barn find price, but at reasonable price. And you know, my wife barely let me it, let me have the game in the house. It was just so black and dirty. I mean, the ramps are just black, playfields just covered. I mean, all Rudy Rudy didn't work at all, and all he would say was, uh, "How about a hot dog?" All the time because I know the switch matrix was screwed with, didn't work right, and they did some weird hacks on the CPU board, and it's just it was a mess. Yeah, I spent at least 80 hours on that game, at least. And that's just, that's not like a play field swap. That was all original game, just getting everything to work. It was a day one Mylar game, so so it's a really nice game. I mean, there are very few that are unfaded, and so far mine's still unfaded, even though it's at loca- on location. So so far it's, it's stayed pretty nice. It's not getting beat up or anything. And that's another misnomer I hear from collectors you talk to collectors and they just look at you funny like what do you mean you're gonna route your game what do you mean you do that and like i'll have a game i'm finishing up at home and a friend will come over who's a hardcore collector and he'll play it and i say oh yeah it's going over here soon and he knows what i do he and he, it to this day it still he still looks at me like why are you doing that you're just this place so nice why would you think of doing that and it's like well they'll still play nice when they come home you know and it just still look nice i mean i you know take care of my stuff and the locations i put stuff in you know i've taken care of my stuff is you know so it's all worked out so far. Yeah, this is a common thing that comes up in conversation. I, you know, I tell people, and, you know, it's like I got a, a, a people that live around the block from me. Their kids play with my kids. They're like, you got to help us find a game. I'm like, okay, cool. And uh, you know, they're looking to spend you know somewhere in the thousand to fifteen hundred dollar range. And I, and I was honest with them, totally. Get, they're like totally cool with that, you know. So they're they're you know they're like yeah you know if it has a multi ball great or you know if it doesn't. We just want a fun game to play. That's what I tell people, you know, you get the high-end collectors, and that's great that they, you know, can buy all the new games and, and, you know, keep them pristine, and that's nice. But, you know, it's like you can go out and, and, and I mean, I just, I, I, the last two purchases I made were uh, an $800, uh, mm-hmm. the Black Rose, you know, it needed a little bit of work. I mean, I had it fired up and running that night um, as they had wired the uh, start button in backwards. Um, and it played, you know, it flipped and most everything worked on it and, uh, cleaned it up, put a few new parts in it and, you know, good to go. Well, that's a score. Um, I just bought from, uh, yeah, it's hard to yeah, do. Right. Exactly. I, that's a, wow. that's a Craigslist score too, man. So they're still wow. out there. Yeah. Right. You're still out there. They're just not out there as much fast. and they go pretty quick, but if, if you yeah. You gotta be fast, but they're still out there. But you know, networking local collectors. I got a real nice score guard for six hundred bucks uh, from uh, Cheddar Eric uh, locally because he bought it in a bulk buy and he's just out of room. It's like you know, friend price now six hundred bucks, and uh, it's like sold. You know, and uh, I mean, it's got you know the cabinet's real good, 
Uh, it's got wear on the play field. It's got a little bit of wear on the back glass, but it's not terrible. Well, it's a, play a little field. bit of planking on the play field, but overall still That's what it comes down to. Yeah. It plays great, you know? And, I'm, yeah, I mean, it plays fantastic. I mean, he cleaned it up, shopped it out, put new rubbers on it. Uh, the uh, player four display was bad. He replaced that. But, I mean, you know, 600 bucks, man. I got a good, fun working game, a game I played. Yes. When it was a brand new game as a kid in the arcade, or actually in a bowling alley, I used to ditch school to go play. I used to ditch junior high to go play that game. Um, yeah, that's right. And I got caught ditching junior high to go play that game. So um, that's one of my my great juvenile delinquent pinball stories. But you know, it's like if you can, if you have the money to go spend on a brand new box game or a, a limited edition or something, that's awesome, man. If you can do that, you know. God bless you. And if you can't, but you can spend, you know, 600 bucks and find an old beater game and play with it and have fun, do that too. It's all pinball and all good. That was my whole point is, you know, if you have that, cool. If you, and if, if all you can do is spend, you know, find the 610, you know, thousand dollar games, $800 games. When you find them, grab them up, clean them up, fix them up, have fun with them. You don't have to, you don't have to have the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the highest end and you can still have a lot of fun. That was the whole point to that, but that's what I tell people, you know. So I got my top ten, and these are games I just, I just always enjoy playing um, for whatever reason if I can find them, you know, on location. Uh, number ten is Whitewater. It's a game I always enjoy playing. It it shows, or if I find one on location, I don't know if I'd ever want to own one, you know. But I, I always enjoy playing. It's just a fun, fun game, fun theme. My number nine is Terminator Two. Um, if I owned it, I would probably get tired of it kind of quickly. Um, doesn't have the deepest roll set, but it just, I mean, that's one of Steve Ritchie's best to this day. And I always have fun playing at a friend's house or on location. It's real rewarding, especially when you make the 25 million jackpot. I mean, it's, it's really rewarding when you can hit that target with in multi-ball when it's, when it's moving the targets to make, you know, with the cannon that make that shot. You're right. It's not very deep, but it's, it's very fun. It is. Um, great, great, great team integration. Great use of the theme. Uh, it's you know it, it follows the tenets of pinball. I, I heard Pat Lawler say once years ago. Says a good pinball game is three things. It's easy to learn, mm-hmm. easy to play, and hard to beat. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think yeah. some of the new games that we're seeing now do. don't necessarily follow those tenets, and some do, some don't. And I, you know, I agree with that. Star Wars. I was playing Star Wars today with uh, Adam. Yes, you know yes. Adam. Uh, and uh, he and I met down at Coin Off. We were playing some Star Wars, and I keep complaining every time we get together anywhere. I piss and moan about Star Wars because I want to love it and I can't for See, that you're, reason. You're in the exact same position I'm in. I mean, I can't. I couldn't agree with you more. I've played it. I mean, I like the shots, but I, I don't get it. Honestly, I just don't. Not sure what I'm supposed to do. It just seems convoluted. There's, you know, I got to hold this button. I can't push this, or it changes the bonus. It just seems like it's got, you know. Yeah. I just I'd, I'd rather have games with interactive toys. I'm more, you know, but they have to be. It has to kind of work too. I just don't want a bunch of toys on there. That don't do nothing. I I, I kind of you know, it's it's tough with that one. I'm sure that license was very expensive, and I think I think Steve was probably limited on with the theme and that license on what he could actually do. But I'm not exactly sure. But. I think so too, because I mean he's capable of, of you know amazing stuff. Well, Terminator Two is a perfect example. Easy to play. Easy, the rules are easy to figure out. Oh, I know what to do. Shoot here. Easy to easy to learn. Easy to play. Hard to beat. My number eight is Indy Five Hundred. Um, 
I there used to be two of those on route near me when I was still live up and lived up in Chico area. That's just a fun game, man. It's just a fun shooter. It's fast. It's uh, get not terribly deep rule set. I just always enjoy playing it, and you don't see them on route very often. You don't see them anywhere very often. I think there's one in Penaluma. If you ever in that way, I'm sure it's not in great. Well, I shouldn't say that. Uh, I haven't seen it for a while, so I don't know what kind of condition it's in. It's at uh, Pinky's Pizza. It's an operator that's local to Penaluma as that and some arcade games. But I last I heard, it was still there. I'm not sure on condition. Probably not great. But, uh, yeah, that's a game. I, I've i played it a few times. I'm not really familiar with it. But, yeah, it's just it's just not a game you see you know anywhere, really. I don't. Once in a while you see that shows. Never You hardly ever see it on location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't see them at shows too often either. Once in a while, no. Yeah, fun one. I actually had the opportunity from a local route off in Chico to buy one for fourteen hundred, mm-hmm. and I didn't do it. Now I'm kicking myself in the head. <laughs> yeah, that was that was oh seven eight years ago. Okay. But, that's why know, back man. then that would be a tough. You know, that might be a tough sell. Now it's no brainer, but back then that might have been. That's a little steep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's, and then they're going to clean it up and shop it out. But, yeah, you know, yeah, live and learn. So my number seven is Junkyard because I played yours when you had it a lot. Um, and that's the only place I, I played it once or twice in a show. But most of my time on it was spent when you had it at Fanny Ann's and now over uh, Joe Scott at Coin Op. And I really like that game. And that's another game you just you – Warren has see. one, but I don't know if he's going to route his or not. So you may see another one. I don't okay, know. Cool. Plus, obviously, Joe still has that one there. So, yeah, yeah I, I played it today. So, which was which was fun. Um, my number six is Revenge from Mars. Um, up in Chico, there was one on location for quite a while. I used to play that a lot. Um, you know, you still see a pinball two thousand game once in a blue moon, but you know, it's just another fun game, man. I, I you know, I like Attack from Mars. I like Revenge from Mars. Um, it's neat. It's quirky. It's fun to shoot. Um, you know, and again, you don't you don't see them on on route too often. My number five pick, I actually see were for a while kept, and I, I don't think they made a lot of them, but I would see pop up on route quite a bit in my area, um, both in Chico and here in Sacramento. Um, I don't see them now, but uh, that's a Ripley's Believe It or Not. I think one of uh, one of Stern's most underrated titles. It might be getting a little bit more love these days, but it's just a lot of fun. Really deep rule set, fun shots. Yeah. Um, interesting yeah you know, never I see those on route i mean i've only seen them at private collections and shows once in a while but yeah it's a good game i like that game i don't know a lot about it i've played it a few times it's definitely it's definitely deep it definitely is uh is a fun game to play it's really tough though yeah and but i like that it is, it's a really tough game but a lot of fun and good good risk reward on that my number four is getaway the high speed tail um just because it's just you know it's classic steve Ritchie. uh brutally fast if it's set up right and playing well it's just it's a blast to play uh joe had one for a short time at coin off and i put a few bucks into that and he moved it out for other stuff which is okay but you know if i can get my hands on one to play it i sure do enjoy it um you can play mine at jasper's at uh, rancho cordova it's probably a little bit of a drive but uh it's there i live in rancho that's yours at jasper's well you have it i keep yeah that's over there and i never do and I live. I, yeah, I don't know how much longer it'll be there, but is, yeah. Is yours, is yours at the one on uh, um, Coloma? I think that's what's that? It's street? on Coloma. Yeah, it's I think so. Yeah, right. Yeah. right down the street. That's from it. The Sportsman's that's Warehouse. 
Or I, exactly. I drive That's by it. there literally every day. My office is like three blocks from there. I just I, I took my kids in there and had burgers. Me and my wife and kids probably two years ago. And I, I just, I mean, the place is okay, but I don't think, I don't know if it was in there at the time. It might have been. I just. No, it wasn't. That's only been there maybe a year, a year or something like yeah, that. Yeah, because I remember there was a video game, like a Street Fighter or something. And uh, Yeah, they, that got pulled out to put that okay, in there. Okay, cool. Well, I'll pop in there because I, I literally drive by the place every are, day. There's other crappy games that aren't mine, though. Okay. <laughs> So if you see those, you can tell they're not mine. Okay, cool. There's a crane machine there, and then the, the getaway pinball is mine. I don't know. Is that even is that even listed in the pinball map? I don't know. I believe it okay, is. I'll double, it should be. I'll double check. Sure yeah, is. it should be. Uh, if it's not, we'll put it in there. But uh, all right. Well, now I know. And it's like literally, I literally drive past it to and from work every day. Um, yeah, that's a good route game. I like that game. Yeah, me too. I've had two of those. In fact, I, I had two, and I didn't want to trade my other one. But I, I had the opportunity to buy uh, an, an Adams family, another one from that same guy who had one on location. And the only way I could get, only way I could save the game, because the guy was like, well, the owner of the place, well, you got to put a game. If you take this pinball, you have to bring one here. And I'm like, well, I got another one. I'll trade you straight across for this, you know, broke down Adams family that don't work. And he was really, he was really happy about that. So he got it ready to go. You know, I'd been on location. This thing was dialed, LEDs, whatever, you know. So he made that trade straight across, and so I didn't want to sell it, but to get an Adams family, I was, I was like, that's a no-brainer. No, no doubt. No doubt. Good trade. My number my number two is uh, – I'm sorry, my number three is NASCAR. Um, doesn't get a lot of love, um, but you know what, man? I just – I like playing that game. You know, it's it's to me it's fun. It's got a little bit of everything. You know, it's got real basic, simple, you know, design. Um, Pat Lawler design, but – um, not his usual, he kind of went more of a, a real straight ahead, you know, uh, layout. Um, it's got that short track, which is kind of a, kind of a tighter horseshoe with spinners. Um, it's got drop targets, two ramps, basically all the basic stuff of pinball, nothing out of the ordinary, like the, the main toy feature. You got the track, mm-hmm. um, that, the you garage. Know, zips the ball around. Yeah, in the garage, you know, it's with the little pace car or whatever. Um, that one's yeah, that one's okay. The track's fun. I just, I just always have a good time playing it. I liked it until I bought um, one. <laughs> I hear they're a real nightmare. Oh god, I couldn't get rid of that fast enough. In fact, I got rid of mine. I traded it with a a home collector for a unshopped Jurassic Park, and that's the Jurassic Park that was at Wicked West. So he was happy. And that Jurassic Park. Yeah, beautiful. he was happy with. Uh, the NASCAR. In fact, he wants to. He wants to trade me for something else, and it's like, yeah, but I don't really want the NASCAR anymore. Is the thing. It's just I just didn't yeah, have a no good doubt. experience on routing that. I had it a few places, and it did okay at Fannie Ann. It did all right it. there, but it was broken way too much. Well, yeah, I had I'd put a few bucks into it a few times at Fannie Ann's. The last time I remember seeing it there, uh, I got like a game and a half on it, and then something went wonky, and uh, and then I turned it off. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I could keep that game going. It was broken wires was really common. Broken wires was the big thing, and you know the amplifier boards, broken wires, and it just, you know, I was just, I was done. Yeah, my my number my again anytime I see one if it's if it's playing correctly or you know you know even if it's filthy man I'll put a couple bucks into it. My number two is uh, Stern Star Trek. Um, I, I, my personal opinion on this game is this the best game Steve Ritchie's ever done as far as layout. Uh, every shot is like butter, as smooth as glass, and I just have a blast playing it. I like the theme well enough. 
Um, I, I think this is the best game he's ever designed as far as layout goes. Um, some people argue, but man, it just it plays smooth. Um, whereas the Pro, the Premium, the LE, it just plays great, and I love playing it. Um, it's one that is really just not in my budget right now. Um, you know, I got too many other irons in the fire with kids, so I have to go find one on location to play. And uh, so whenever I can, I do. Uh, same with number my number one pick is Adam's Family. Unless I get, you know, fall into some really great deal, find that somebody's got one and they don't know what they've got, and they're willing to sell it really, really cheap. It's just not in my budget. I mean, a, a Beat to Hell router one usually goes for around 6 k now, and that's just <laughs> – it's crazy, and it's just you know, it's a game that I, I'm not gonna. That's crazy. You know, I'm not gonna buy it. It took me years to find one. Literally, a few games that took me years to find. It took me a couple years to find a a BSD, and then it took a couple years to find a Adams Family, just to find you know, to get one at a reasonable price. Or so it just doesn't make it didn't make sense to spend that kind of money where I could buy a brand new Stern game. Right. Yeah, exactly. And not have not have the technical problems or the, you know, you can get a brand new inbox turn for the same money and have it on route for what a year without having to do anything except minor maintenance. I mean, or more, you know, so yeah, that's my, uh, my top 10 list. So, you know, yes, I'm sorry. And I never got to my number one. I'll just mention that I got the number two uh, is medieval madness. I know that's probably cliche. Uh, I remember playing this game years ago off and on at shows or on route, and eh, I thought it was a decent game, and not until I owned one and put some serious time on it, I didn't realize how good this game really is. I mean, there's the call-outs alone you know, really helped make this game, too, and the theme is great, and obviously the Exploding Castle is pretty cool, but uh, the sound and the call-outs really are one thing that kind of helped set this game apart. They're just so well done, So, and it's just a blast. I mean... I've been playing it for a few weeks now, and it just doesn't get old. It's got t- tremendous legs on this game. It's really fun. Just like kind of like how Attack from Mars is the same way. It's just a blast to play. Yeah, you know, those games, there's a reason they're as popular as they are. Um, no, that makes perfect sense. I mean, you know, now with the, the, with the reissues, you know, you get to see them a little more on route. But, I mean, around here in Sacramento, I mean, you don't see – you still don't see Medieval Madness coming up on route. You just don't. You know, um, you see, well, one place, uh, coin op has a, an original attack from Mars, but I mean, you know, in our little area and even further in, in more, you know, rural areas, you know, you're not going to see a medieval madness on route very often. You know, they've all been snatched up by private collectors. I might be able to be convinced to take one over there at some point. I might do it. Let's see what my wife pretty much says that says that's her game. The minute she saw it, she pretty much claimed it. So I'd have to convince her, you know, maybe I'll do it, you know. Just, just for the fact that there isn't any in Sacramento, so I might, I might be con- uh, persuaded to do that for a time. We'll see. Yeah, well, you know, six months a year down the road, maybe she'll get bored of it, and want to play something yeah. else. Just to have it over there. Just uh, that's another reason I like to when I try to choose to select a game, especially for Fanny Ann's. I try to keep it something that's you know either a good route game or a game that Coin Up doesn't have, or I try not. To, I try to keep it different to some degree as much as best I can. To, yeah. or, or it's a game like you, like we say, I just don't see it. You know, for whatever reason, you know. So, and lately, Coinoff's been just doing uh, mostly modern games, and a few, and it's some older ones. But that's, yeah. You know, it seems to work, and the stuff is really nice over there. So, but it's still good to have two locations nearby each other that have good games. So, 
because mm-hmm. there was hardly anything. I think I was it when I started in May of 2013. There, it was pinball was nearly dead. It seemed like other than some movie theaters, there was going pinball maps. Yeah, if you looked at the pinball map, it was like, well, what's going on here? There's, <laughs> I don't know, a million, two million people in this huge area, and there's just no lo- hardly any locations. It was, I think it was like like 40 games or something like that. Now I don't know, was it 70? I forget what the number is now, but it's still it's still not the markets. I don't think being filled, no. unlike yeah. San Francisco, Oakland, Alameda. Greater Bay Area. I mean, there's a lot of games over there. It's huge, and it's just and, not you know, enough, enough in Sacramento. I see people posting on on the NorCal Pinhead thread. They live in Chico, and they're bypassing Sacramento and driving straight to the Bay Area nearly every weekend to go play pinball. You know, they're willing to make a three hour drive each way, a six hour round trip drive, three or four hour each way. You know, sometimes eight hour round trip drive to play pinball for three or four hours and that speaks volumes, man. And so I think, I don't know, I'm not, you know, I, I think it's, you know, coin off seems to be doing pretty well. Um, you know, your location fan ends is doing fairly well. I, I, I think there's room for more out there. Oh, I definitely you think gotta, that. Yeah. You just got to get it, get it out to people. So, uh, we're talking about what's new, what's new and going on in games. Um, but there's a little bit of stuff going on. We're kind of teetering with the holidays upon us you know but we got uh probably the biggest news lately has been uh the new pirates of the caribbean game from jersey jack that's just getting everybody's attention um any thoughts my biggest issue with the jersey jack games is right now is price you know i mean they're definitely full featured they're gorgeous they're built really well and they seem to have a lot of their growing pains in terms of the architecture electronics they seem to have most of that pretty much covered and they've made some changes you know since they did dialed in and i just it just i don't have a location that would make it worth it to put one in that's my biggest issue you know it you'd have it almost have to be in a high earning arcade to even think about it i know joe is not he doesn't have any jjp games at the moment i know he's he did have a a a was for a while so but uh and he had a dialed in on loan and uh what i heard through the grapevine is he wasn't going to buy one because it wasn't it just wasn't it wasn't getting the play that the others were getting, you know, people would pass right by to go play Batman or star Wars. Yeah. Because it's the theme that hurts it. But I mean, that's a really good game. I remember when that game was coming out, I was at expo 2016 and everybody was kind of talking about it. There's so many good games there and so many new games coming out. And I was like, "Eh, I don't know. It's cell phone game. That's I'm not into that. That's stupid. And, and then he brought like five to the into the sh- show area, and all of a sudden I, I looked at it. Oh, let me play this. And then I was I was like, okay, now I get it. This is a really good game, but as a route game, the theme is going to be the biggest issue, you know. And, it, and that's a shame because it's one of my favorite games to play. When it was at when it was at uh, Coin Op, man, I played that above everything else. I think it's great. It's the best uh, uh, monitor integration that JJP's done, and maybe you know I think. Uh, Aerosmith is a good uh, LCD, how they've integrated that, you know, the interactive play between the display and the game is really good on that game. And I think it's the same, it's the same case with dialed in the way they've done it is it doesn't take away from the game. They work together very well and enhance the gameplay. And it's not a distraction. I mean, it's just, it's very well done. And I I can't say that for the Hobbit or uh, Waz. I just don't like the way those, how their, how information is displayed. I don't think it helps the game. It's just, makes it overly it's just too convoluted and complex and you can't really you know i don't think it adds to the gameplay but uh i haven't really 
paid a lot of attention to the the new Jersey Jack game, the Pirates of the Caribbean. I've seen some brief videos and some pictures, and it looks cool. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if we're going to see too many of those on location. But <clears throat> I don't know if uh, TJ has one. I don't think he does. I'm not sure. I don't know. If you know anybody in the Bay Area that's ha- getting one or has one or – I don't. Are they even out yet, or is it not? I, I, they're not in production. I don't yet. think they're in production. I think um, I think they're putting them See, like a, like they did with with uh, dialed in. I think they're just putting them on test locations right now. I could be wrong. I, that's I haven't been keeping with, up uh, at all. I've had so much family stuff going on. You know. I hear you. I hear you. Um, yeah, that's another thing with the Jersey Jack games. It's like you know, when, for all the complaints Stern gets on Pinside and everywhere, it's like, you know, they announce a game. Well, I know I'm going to be able to buy it in an X amount of time. I don't have to play the, well, I don't know. I make a pre-order and maybe I'll get it then. Maybe I won't. I mean, I like the fact that, you know, once it's dropped and, you know, there's some information on you call your distributor. Yeah. Production runs coming this time. And you're going to be within weeks of when they say they're going to have your game. And you now you send in your money, you get a game. It's just, I don't like the guessing game with some of the other manufacturers. You know what I mean? I just, I need, you know, I, I never got into the whole pre-order thing. I never lost money doing that or sending money and then see a game for two, three years. I just, you know, I don't want to play that game. And, you know, I know a lot of people did and some people lost big. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not into that. Yeah. No, I, you know, I, I, I really look forward to playing it, but this is the feedback I get when I talk to people that not a lot of operators, not in our area anyway, are going to put the money into it. They're going to put the money into a Stern Pro that they can get a quicker return on, on their investment. Yeah. And it's half the money. That's the, it's half, it's half or almost the money. Half, depending on if it's, depending on which model of the parts you get. I don't know. It was, it, what is the basic game? 8,500 plus shipping and it's just yeah you're you're in you know tax and shipping you're in almost nine grand yeah, you just... know um and i mean that's you know it, i think it's more you know um inadvertently i think jack's really pushing more towards the home market he i is. know he wanted to you know he wanted to you know go with the operator but at that price point man i just don't see it being a viable option for i think he kind of got pushed that direction whether just just by economic forces or you know his his ability to produce x amount of games within a time period i don't think he really had a choice i you know it's just what little information i have and what i've seen it's just there's certainly like i said they're certainly you know they're, they're fun they're creative they're beautiful you know they're well yeah they built, are they're stunning honestly just, those games when you, you know, see them are just like wow this is the quality is certainly oh, yeah. there but you know they, they put a coin door on the front of a game for a reason that's kind of how i look at it and you know it's still a an earning piece of commercial equipment and at the end of the day and you know just like when i guess the mmrs don't come with coin mechs it's like you know none of these collectors ever want to route their game but you take the coin mech out people will complain i mean it's still what it is. yeah what's up with that i mean everybody just losing their minds over that They're like my god there's no coin mech it's like you're gonna put it on location well no god no i'm never gonna play it i'm just gonna you know, talk to it and polish it with a diaper. You know, I guess it's, it's like, a pedigree. It's, it's almost a pedigree to be a, a commercial. You know what I mean? I, I, I guess that's part of it. But yeah, I just thought that was kind of strange too. And I, so I think that had to do with because when you buy those coin doors, they don't come with coin mechs. I think that's just how they were purchased. I know I got one from uh, Pinball Life when I was at the their open house, and that's how it came. So I'm assuming. That's probably, you know, they had to spend, you know, more money to get coin mechs and, you know, manufacturers. It just seems kind of a cheat thing to do to leave those out, but whatever. Especially when you're charging a premium for the game. But but that game was, I don't think it was really intended to be uh, 
uh, a commercial, you know, uh, operated game, especially at that price point. And I didn't think it was going to be, but obviously there's some out there. So, yeah, but those games made money from from what I hear. I mean, for deck for years, I mean, that was a, a high earning game. So if you have a certain location and, you know, that that does really well, I mean, maybe it's, you know, it's worth it to you to put it on location to spend, you know, eight thousand dollars. Yeah, who knows, you know. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to playing it though. You know, hopefully somebody will put one on location or either we'll be playing at friend's house or it shows, um, alien. I guess those are shipping now. I'm just, I'm just shrugging my shoulders with that one. I hope it, everybody gets their game. I hope it gets out. I hope it gets on location. I hope it does well, but you know, it's just, it, there's been so much, like with so many of these other startup companies, there's been so much controversy. And, and let's be honest, man, people have just lied. They've lied. They've taken people's money and lied to them. And I just, I can't get behind that at all. You know, when, basically when a new company, when they put out a game and they're shipping it in boxes and they're not taking people's money till they deliver a game, then I'll pay attention to them, listen to what they have to say. Until then, I'm not even going to pay attention anymore. So that's a, that's a game I really wanted to buy. That was, that was introduced at the expo in 16 and i you know i met Ulrich. you know he's on Pinside, and he did the art for yeah. it he was a really good guy real friendly i talked to him for a few minutes there and that's a game i think even joe mentioned that was a game that was he wanted and i know i wanted one and but i'm i have that philosophy when they're shipping i'm interested and then when they're not i'm not and and the game wasn't finished then but it played okay the shots seemed a little strange and you know but it had so much going for it i mean the theme was huge it had the the alien in the back that at the time it wasn't working, but that was an interactive toy that hadn't been activated yet. I mean, it, it just, the look of it, it had the game over, uh, to call out. I mean, that was cool. And the way they did the monitor in the bottom was the motion detector from the movie that the way they integrated that, I mean, it had so much going for it. And then, you know, and then everything kind of fell apart, you know, business wise with, uh, with the owner. And that just, I think that just turned out, turned a lot of people off and then people still had their money out there and had, you know, so. Yeah. So I don't know how many sales were lost because of that. I mean, it looks good, you know, but, uh, I wish that was their first game and not the, the full throttle game, but so I don't know if you've, have you played that game? Yeah. Yeah, I played it at Pentagogo the last two years it's been there, and I really like the game. You know, I'm lukewarm on the theme. I don't hate it, but I don't love it. But, man, I, I like the shots, you know. I, I really like that game. And, you know, and if, um, you know, and people, I, you know, I if I had the money, I probably would have bought one with the exception of, you know, now I'm hearing horror stories about people who have the game, parts are breaking on it or something's not working right. And they can't get any tech support. They can't get any help. So they're sitting with this, you know, really cool game that's not working now. And that's more of like, ooh, you know, um, you know, like other than, you know, Jersey Jack and, of course, Stern, the only other company that I would look at and go, I would spend my money there would be Spooky because, you know, those three companies obviously are shipping and producing games on a regular rotation. They're backing up their products. You know, their customer service is good. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're solid companies. They're on solid ground. <laughs> And, uh, and they're all respectable people that are active in the community that we've gotten to know, you know, either firsthand or through someone that knows someone, you yeah. know, they, they got good reputations. Um, yeah. Everybody else, you know, which is on to after Alien. And, and I mean, I love the theme too. And I'd love to play the game. I'd love to see the game. I'd love for it to do well. And I hope it does. But 
I'm not optimistic. Um, <laughs> crossing over from that one uh, up next is uh, that I have is Big Lebowski, which uh, why anybody would even listen to anything these two clowns have to say anymore is beyond me. I mean, they've just they've screwed the pooch and shot themselves in the ass so many times, you know, over and over and over, which is really a shame because when they initially debuted their yeah, prototype, about that uh, everybody, you know, me too. Yeah. Wow, because it looked really cool. You know, uh, the the you know everything that they were doing, you know, and they and they're showing a real, somewhat you know, finished product. Went, that's something, guys. Good job. Now get it in production and get it into people's hands. And you know, there's some. I mean, there's people I personally know that they owe money to that have been waiting for their game for what, yeah, two, be almost three years now, and uh, they don't have their game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Especially when you've dropped, you know, what nearly eight eighty five hundred on that three years ago. Some people ten grand. So it's a shame too, but that's just another thing uh, that I just keep looking at, and I haven't kept up with with anything going on. Anybody talking about it? You know, they said, well, you know, there were an expo and they talked. Great, they talked. Did they give people their money back? No. Did they deliver the game? No. It's been three years. You know what, guys? Either either get something going or just you know fold your tent and go home. Um, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, I, uh, the Houdini, um, love to tell you it played great. I tried to play it three times at Pinagoga last year. Uh, it broke down and I would be the next person in line each time. And each time I would be the next person, it would go down on them. So, um, but I mean, it was an early prototype. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They haven't asked, they haven't asked. Yeah. I have high hopes for that company in that game. I got to play it twice at Pinagogo and it's fun. Uh, you know, so if anybody, you know, I mean, that's one company I've heard that, you know, definitely has a shot and it's not a fly by night or, you know, so hopefully they'll get that game sorted and get it shipped and that'll work out good for them. And, and like you were saying with spooky pinball, I'm really impressed, uh, you know, from where they've started and where they are now They, you know, Charlie, you know, is, uh, stepped up and was a man of his word and, you know, produced good games and shipped them and has supported them and continues to build good games. So I hope, in the future, I mean, I've heard him talk that and say that, you know, they definitely want to have more games on route and to be, you know, uh, you know, have an op, uh, a game they can operate, you know, that's more operator friendly in the future. So hopefully I can, you know, get something down the road and put on location that they produced. Right, right. Yeah, no, um, the uh, uh, total nuclear annihilation, you know, that's um, haven't seen one in the flesh yet. Haven't had a chance to play one. Hope to soon um i'm sure we will uh everybody universally is speaking very highly of that game so i think that's going to be a good shot for them you know in the armor of course i'm curious to see how that would do on route i mean obviously the collector community or the hardcore player community loves it it looks cool you know it's definitely kind of a, a mix of old and new and i like that you know i like the the no ramps and you know old style uh score displays along with lcd and you know some cool uh, playfield uh, features and with the drop targets and yeah, I like that. Yeah, fast, fast and furious, man. You know, grab a grab a pitcher of sodas or a pitcher of beer and grab a couple of friends and just spend a couple hours having a blast with it. That's what it. I think that's where it really is going to be the strong suit. Everybody I've talked to, you know, everybody I've heard talk about it says kind of the same thing. It's like this is a game where you just want to sit down and play with friends. That's a good thing, and that's that's kind of the magic of pinball, man. I mean, you can 
you know, be a complete stranger somewhere and play a game of pinball with someone you never met. And, you know, you made a new friend in 20 minutes. So it's one of the, one of the bits of magic pinball has. Plus I've heard that he's not closing production like he did on the last game. So, you know, maybe a year from now and it's something, you know, once he's, you know, comes back in <clears throat> a production cycle, though that game can be reproduced and a game, that game can be bought again versus right, the other games right. we've done. Yeah, well, there's no, you know, since it's a, an original unlicensed theme, there's no, you know, and, and they're friends with the guy who designed it, you know, Scott Denisi, there's no, there's no time clock on it. Yeah, they can, you know, stop production, go on something else. And if they have open space and they need, you know, somebody, you know, somebody's ordering 50 more, they can kick in another small batch. I mean, all the R&D's already done on it. So hope, all you have to do is order parts. I hope to play it soon. I don't know. If there's one on location yet, I haven't heard. I don't know. I haven't checked the pinball map. Um, I, I've heard, you know, just rumblings. A couple of people in the Bay Area and a couple of Sacramento people are going to be buying it. So, you know, I'll keep you posted. I hear anything. So I'm sure you will, too. So, yeah, um, I, that's I, that's, you know, that's uh, what's what's new. The news of uh, game news and uh, our game of the week or game of the show, Terminator 2. I think we kind of covered yeah, already. I, I mean, we pretty much yeah. talked everything about it but you know what man it's a good game it can still be had relatively cheap uh right in the 2k range uh because they made you know they are they are still kind of hard to find i know many people try to get one for a while but yeah they are relatively inexpensive but i guess compared to other games i guess it would be you know somewhat easier to get but it just seems like a game that's a lot of people's when they're a collector of first, you know, they first become a collector. It seems like one of the games that people really go after. And lately that's made this game harder to find. Yeah. Yeah. New collectors will swap after. Well, you know, like you said earlier, you know, it's, it's, it, it's user friendly as far as not just playing, but working on it. You know, I remember seeing in the, uh, some time ago, I was watching one of the, uh, uh, the, the videos on, um, uh, the, the production video that, that Williams had did, you know, to give out to the distributors and stuff. And that was one of the things that Steve Ritchie was focusing on when talking about the game was he made it, he tried to make it really operator friendly where, you know, it was easy to work on in the field and that, that it was going to be reliable in the field and on location. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, you open up the hood on that thing and it's not too terrible underneath there. Um, it's a fun game, man. And it's, it's a great shooter, you know, and it, it still does well on route. It does well in people's homes. And that's, I think that's really, it's, it's an affordable classic. So if you're somebody new in the hobby and looking for uh, that, you know, a 90s era Williams, Valley Williams game, uh, that you can enjoy for a long time, man, Terminator 2 is, would be at the top of my list. And I think the William Bally Williams games are probably so attractive to collectors. Obviously, how fun they are, you know, how good they are. It's just another thing is just the parts, the the parts availability on you know in any of the '90s games for the most part. Even the the game specific parts are so readily available now. Even when I first got it this seven years ago, there back then it wasn't as good as it is now. But if you even compare it to some of the Stern stuff, the early 2000s, I mean, you know, William stuff is still more available than that stuff in terms of, like, game-specific right, stuff. Right. In terms of plastics or some, you know, I mean, it's easier to rebuild these games, Some, you know, than some of the stuff that Stern did, you know, 10 years after the fact. That... Yeah, and, right, right, and aftermarket parts. Uh, Seth, 
our our co-host engineer who's not with us tonight uh he just bought a beautiful terminator too absolutely stunningly beautiful with a lot of aftermarket mods and uh you know it's got the the uh t1000 mod that sits above the middle uh, oh the bank of stand-up targets it's got the yeah, it's got a bunch of invitations yeah yeah it's got a bunch of uh, it's got a custom yeah, it's got a custom uh yeah, I have that on mine too. custom lighted mod on that. It's got yeah, you'd have to Yeah, it's got a, he's got a bunch of other mods. It's got the eye mods, so it's got a bunch of other uh custom one off mods that are real cool. But um yeah, I mean, you know, that's the thing. Original factory parts or, or aftermarket factory type parts or then you know, custom mod parts are just in abundance on on most of those era games. So you know, so you won't have a problem finding new parts for it. Mm-hmm. As well as just the standard, you know, general parts like coils and flippers and all that, all that stuff's readily available. So, so that's our game of the game of the show or game of the week. Do you have any uh, anything else you want to add? Uh, any shout outs, thank yous, just you know, last thoughts? Well, just shout out to my wife Shelly for putting up with this uh, pinball hobby and business for all these years. Right on, you're a lucky man. So. She's made it all happen. That's awesome. Yeah, any, anytime you have a spouse uh, who's supportive of our our crazy little hobby, that's that's a wonderful thing. So, um, you know, awesome for your wife. Shout out to her. Um, cool. Well, it's been great having you on, man. I'm glad you came on the show tonight. I'm glad I could be a part of it. Yeah, no, it's good to have you. It's always good to have you know uh, uh, just you know regular folks like yourself in the hobby and that are doing something really important and special, helping keep keep pinball going and getting it out to the masses. So um, my, my thank you to shout outs. I'm going to thank all the wonderful people that sponsor our local pinball league, the capital corridor pinball league. And uh, I'm going to name them by name. So it's uh, Adam Pressler and uh, the Neff family and the Bannister family and uh, Michael Hosier. And uh, um, all, all you guys, thank you so much for opening up your homes to all of us, local Sacramento area pinheads on a frequent basis. Thank you for that. And uh, shout out to uh, my co-host and engineer, Seth, and uh, who's, who's absent tonight, but we'll be back real soon. And um, a big, big thank you and shout out to Mark Scoff out of Reno, Nevada, for making that wonderful theme music. Well, I want to say one more time, thank you, uh, Steve, for coming on and hanging out with us tonight. Oh. And it's been uh, episode 11 of the Spinner's Lit Pinball Podcast. You can listen to us on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, um, and oh, what's the other one? Acast. Um, thanks again for listening. Uh, play pinball. Keep America strong.